Welcome to the Athletes Marathon Podcast, conversations that help people maximize their full potential by helping them understand that life is more like a marathon than it is a sprint. From former athletes, personal trainers, coaches, social media influencers, and entrepreneurs, talk about their journey on and off the field and how they maximize their talents once they hung up their cleats. And here's your host, Matt Joy. In this episode, I interviewed a former preferred walk-on to team captain from Monmouth University who took the lessons he learned from playing football and applied it to his current career in sales. This guest believes in hard work, being coachable, and resilient are key components to achieving success on and off the field. We will discuss how the habits as a student-athlete can help you transition into your career in corporate America. Without further ado, here's episode 28. Welcome to the Athletes Marathon Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Choi, and we're extremely lucky to have an awesome guest, a former teammate of mine, Andrew Jasinski. Andrew's located in Midtown Manhattan, and he's a senior sales rep for Home Advisor. Andrew, how are you doing today, man? Pretty good, man. I can't complain. So Awesome, yeah. man. Another awesome. Day. Obviously, we do. we're all stuck in quarantine. You're in the city, man, so I know that's kind of brutal. You've probably been in the apartment for a long time. But uh, I guess, uh, Kat, like for people that don't know you, I guess my audience more, because obviously our mama's family have, has an idea of who you are and kind of your story. But I guess for, for mine that doesn't, can you give a little background about yourself before we get started? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm from like central Jersey, if you guys believe in that. Um, I'm from Ewing. Uh, I went to Monmouth, obviously, with Matt. Um, you know, I studied criminal justice there and, you know, kind of find or played football as well, kind of found my niche in, you know, a different area. And then actually a few years ago, actually about two years now, uh, I had the opportunity to move up to the city, and it was something I always wanted to do, so kind of just did that and, you know, found a new job, and it's kind of all she wrote for the past few years. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess Cat, like, obviously, and I'm going to refer, for people that know Andrew, like, his nickname's also Cat Daddy, I mean, maybe we'll chat about that as well, but if I say Cat, that's who I'm talking to, his, his name's also Andrew, but um, Drew, like, I guess, talk about you as a kid, right? I mean, like, were you, like, were you that athlete all the time, or were you book smart? I guess, talk about the, the young Andrew on, on your way up. Sure. So I was kind of like a mix, if you will. I was definitely always the bigger guy. Um, I mean, my parents always pushed, you know, uh, not, I can't think of the word, like academics and everything and, you know, being well-rounded. And so throughout high school and everything, I was in the band for four years. I was doing extracurriculars with them. And then, you know, I was always uh, keeping my GPA up because I knew how important that was, or my parents knew how important it was, and they invested that back in me. And I actually didn't even start playing football till like eighth grade and mm. kind of took it from there. Um, but, you know, definitely was tried to be as well-rounded as possible. 100%. I guess, like, what, what are the sports, like, were you kind of focused? Was, was it mainly football? Or did you play anything else, like, through your high school years? Yes. Yeah, so... In the beginning, I well, obviously, I was playing football, and I was doing other, you know, sports to stay busy. So I was doing uh, lacrosse, and then my football coach actually he became the track and field coach. Mm-hmm. So he kind of pulled me that way, and um, so I did shot put, javelin, like for winter and spring for mm-hmm. track and field, just basically to stay in shape. And you know, it was pretty cool working with my position coach for football too. So it was like, you know, a win-win basically. Right. And I guess, so, so, I mean, obviously, Angie, like, uh, talk about now, like, I guess the football career, because obviously that's kind of where you focus your energy and time. Um, and I guess, like, talk about, like, the high school years. Like, like were you, like, a blossom player your freshman year? Or did you kind of develop into, um, like, I guess the beast that you became to be? Yeah. So, <laughs> so basically, I mean, I kind of started pretty strong. You know, I started playing in eighth grade, and, you know, I was always the bigger guy. So freshman year, finally started, like, hitting the weight room, like, for real, obviously. 
Um, so I played freshman. I bumped up to JV, was starting for them. And then uh, varsity started, you know, sophomore year and then just continued to progress uh, year after year. Mm-hmm. And I guess, like, and now, like, senior year's coming around. Like, did you get a, did you get a ton of scholarships? Or I guess where were you at, like, recruitment-wise? So, to be honest, I was a little dis- disappointed or disappointed in my career or my recruiting aspect. You know, I had a lot of D3 schools coming through, but, mm-hmm. you know, I really basically played O-line uh, basically my whole tenure or, you know, high school career. And um, there was one school, Monmouth, that was, you know, number one D1A or D1AA, excuse me, and that was one of my biggest goals was to play for them mm-hmm. or play D1AA, excuse me. And then they offered to let me play D-line, too. So that was kind of like a really crazy transition that made me super excited. Um, that's kind of what, two of the reasons that I got pushed to Monmouth. Yeah, so I guess so you're at that point of like almost basically deciding between going Monmouth and then like other D3 schools. Um, I guess like, and I, I know, I think you were, you were, at first you were a walk-on originally, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was technically a preferred walk-on. Okay. Um, I didn't even realize it that at the moment almost so like they said you would get this x amount of money to come play you know yada yada um but it actually was you know them wanting me to come play but my academics uh Mm. getting scholarship and bringing Mm -hmm. me on board in that regard um so that was kind of my foot in the door and you know then it was it was just moving up from there yeah and then obviously something you talked about criminal justice man so did you pick that major your freshman year or kind of where'd you fall in like your first year there yeah, so it's kind of funny because I'm on the business side of things now. Is I actually started like business administration or, you know, kind of even accounting. I didn't know which way I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. And then I had a little bit of an influence from my dad as well as an, one of my old coaches from high school were saying like, you know, I think you would be a great fit in law enforcement. And I was like, you know, I think I would be too, you know. So like I didn't necessarily know where to go if you will so that's where I switched majors at Monmouth and then you know later down the down the line I figured that hey you know maybe it isn't necessarily where I want to be and that's kind of where I switched back over to business okay yeah and I do I mean obviously and one of my main questions I mean and I guess we can get into it now almost is um talk about like getting into your career that has nothing to do with your degree right because I think a lot of people get stuck on that where it's like oh like oh you're a CJ major and now you're in business like it's doable. I think now it's just like opened up your mind into doing something else, right? Absolutely. So that was one of the biggest things that I used, biggest tools that I used to move up to the city almost. Because with being a sales representative, you don't necessarily need the experience. You just need the other things, you know, the hard work, being coachable, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So nowadays, in my opinion, at least, you know, for certain, you know, uh, like lines of work, if you will, you obviously need a degree, like being a lawyer, being a doctor, you know, you need the degree because the knowledge that's entailed with it. But, you know, nowadays, a lot of jobs are adaptable, all right, or they teach you in-house for, you know, what they want you to do. Mm -hmm. But I mean, as long as you have the other tools at your disposal, you'll be fine. Like the, the company will have trust in you to be able to learn the product or, you know, how they want the job done. So it almost doesn't matter, you know, to a certain extent what your degree is in, in my opinion, at least. And, and I, I think, and you keep saying tools, I guess like elaborate that a little bit more of what you mean by like tools. So it has direct correlation with football and sports. Like I love being in sales now because of that. Mm-hmm. Because on a daily basis, we talk about, you know, there's three things to be successful as a sales rep. 
All right. So you have to be hardworking, obviously. You have to be coachable. So like if there's certain things that you can use in different calls or et cetera, you have to be able to listen and to adapt. All right. And there's also, you know, something fairly new that I learned, which is PMA or like positive mental attitude. Right. You know, anything can be thrown at you. But, you know, each call is a little bit different. Okay, so you can't bring something from the past into the next one because it's going to hinder you moving forward. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's just like different tools or, you know, different things about yourself that, you know, can guide you and, you know, help you succeed. Yeah, and I think, I mean, and obviously, like, Angela, like being, like you said, right, being an athlete, like coachability, adaptability, leadership, right? And like, obviously, like resiliency too, right? Like you said, like, dude, I, I've been in sales world and I'm, dude, you're probably calling 100 people. Yeah. Five of them might, might even like let you keep talking, right? Exactly. So I guess even like talk, I mean, I guess you can even compare that with sports. It's like, yeah, like when you're freshman year, like you're getting beat down. I'm sure your first year and mom yeah. is you're probably getting beat by all the fifth year seniors. But like and after a while, you kind of get used to that and it becomes part of your skin. I guess, I guess like only you kind of touched on it already in terms of like the, the comparison. But um, I think like what message would you give to a young kid that's like, Yo, like what you can take from sports and it, it doesn't have to be just football. It could be any sport you play. Oh, absolutely. Like, what yeah. you can then apply to like what you end up actually doing in your career, you know? So like it was a few things that we just mentioned, you know, being coachable, I think is one of the most important things. Like, you know, if you can go out and, you know, if you're going to do the same thing over and over again, you can't really, you know, expect different results. Mm-hmm. I mean, so then that goes hand in hand with hard work because, you know, you get the coaching and the coachings and you have to adapt them. And you have to be willing to work hard to perfect them, you know what I mean, as well as resilience. You know, that's one of the biggest ones. I mean, I faced, you know, hardships through, and as well as you did, you know, throughout every sport. But mm-hmm. you, know, you have to, like, stay the course, stay positive, and, you know, it brings you to great things, basically. And, dude, how was, like, the, like, the interview process? Like, I'm sure that you use a lot of references in terms of, like, being a former athlete that helped you get that position. Because I know, like, like you said, in the sales world, like, those qualities, like those soft skills that, that, you know, that the person that just, that was just like in the fraternity or that just went to school might not necessarily have, they can obviously build those skills, but it's obviously much easier for someone that's been in the situation of like, like when you're a student athlete, like it's like a job, right? So I'm sure you use a lot of that in your interview to kind of like persuade the, persuade your potential boss of why to hire you, right? Exactly. Exactly. So it was like all those things we just spoke about, you know, I would use in the interview, But another one was being a team player. And, you know, that is huge in my role, which, you know, was a huge part of my football career as well. Like, you know, you have to work with your teammates to accomplish the common goal. All right. You know, you always have, especially in sales, you have your own numbers you have to worry about. But, you know, you're still part of the collective group or, you know, the team, if you will. And that was one of the biggest things that I sold or, you know, was saying in my interview process, you know, I've been around guys. I can work with many different people right. between, you know, where I'm from, you know, it's a very diverse area or just being part of like, you know, the football team. And obviously and you're also a captain. So it kind of gives you that patch of like leadership as well. To your point, being adaptable and obviously working with different types of people. Um, can talk about like obviously being a walk-on, right? Like, you went, I mean, and you, you were at Monmouth for five years. So I guess now talk about, like, the football part of Monmouth and your experience, um, and I guess just, like, that in general. It was, it was pretty crazy, in my opinion. I mean, I had one goal, like, coming out of high school, and my mom and my parents supported it. And, you know, I even went a different route career-wise because I wanted to play D1 football. Um, so, I mean, I took the reins, as you will, and, you know, I ran with them. You know, I 
I've redshirted my freshman year, which is, you know, pretty common. I played D-line at Monmouth, so, you know, bigger guy, but, you know, more strength training and all that good stuff to, you know, kind of, um, you know, change a pace, you know, the, the fastness of the game as well. So I, I have no holding back of – I'm thankful I've redshirted, to be honest. Um, sophomore year, you know, I started getting the taste of the field. Uh, I was second string then behind two great guys like uh, – Mike Upholm and Chris Luma. So those were like the old dudes. And, you yeah, know, they really knew what they were doing. So it was kind of, you know, sharing the field um, with D. Smith. You know, when I think he was on the show once. Yep. But, yeah, so then I had hardships coming out the gate. You know, I messed up as a younger guy. Um, you know, I, it, I mean, it was a team goal. But, you know, there was a certain play that we kind of got burned on. And, you know, my playing time definitely suffered in that regard sophomore year. Mm -hmm. So I rolled the punches. I used it as, you know, extra, um, you know, motivation, if you will. Then junior year, actually, D. Smith got hurt during camp. And it was like my time to shine. I had to step in the shoes. I had to take my role. And I ran with it. You know, I started every game. I had maybe my best season, mm -hmm. you know, second to my fifth year. And then, um, you know, my senior year, I got hurt. I mean, I had several injuries throughout you know, the whole nine. And, you know, I had a high ankle sprain out of coming out of camp. So it was a little bit of a slower year. And then, you know, I came back fifth year, was elected captain, wasn't even sure I would run for it, but, you know, decided to anyway, because, you know, what the hell. Yeah. And it was a great, I finished off my career, no, like in, not in a better way. Mm -hmm. And I mean, obviously like in, in Canada, I mean, being a preferred walk-on, like there's already a chip on your shoulder. Absolutely. Right. Like you're approaching it way differently than the kid that's on full scholarship. Right. And it's not mm -hmm. that that you're better or worse, but it's more of like you're coming from like you're an underdog. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I guess like talk about that for anyone that might be hearing like, damn, like, should I go go prefer walk on at a D1 AA or should I just take that D2 scholarship? Right. Yeah. Like that yeah. mentality difference. So it was a tough call. I mean, I'll be honest, like if I went D3, I probably would have saw the field freshman year, you know, might have been a four year starter at that. But it all just goes back to what you want and, you know, kind of your goals they have set in mind. Like, I knew growing up that I wanted to play D1 football. That's mm -hmm. what I wanted to do, you know, and this was my shot to do it. So whether I was a full scholarship holder or not, I wasn't going to necessarily hold it back and uh, or hold me back, excuse me. And like you said, it was just an extra chip on my shoulder, more motivation and, you know, just, you know, to fulfill my dreams almost, if you will. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean dude. people are listening in, I guess. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I mean, dude, because it's not easy. I mean, especially, like, obviously everyone's financial situation is different, right? Like, some kids, like, their parents might not be able to, uh, like, take that opportunity, take that risk on of, like, just being a walk-on, right? Because, like, you're, really, you're leaving it up to chance in that sense, right? Absolutely. But it, and, and it almost, like, you, you feel like you're, like, behind the eight ball because, like, especially at moments, like, some walk-ons, like, you weren't in the main locker room. Like, you almost feel like you weren't getting treated the same. So, it's, it can get discouraging. Um, I guess, like, what motivated you early on? Because, I mean, obviously, you saw some playing, playing time yourself in a year. But, like, yeah. what kept you pushing and motivated kind of, like, and, and, like, pursue that, you know? Just, like, you know, keeping that little voice in the back of your head. Like, going, like, you know, you're here for a reason. They recruited you for a reason. All right? If they didn't want you to come play, they wouldn't have recruited you here. And, you know, it's just like, you know, just that constant voice, like saying, you know, you're here for a reason, you can do this, you know, you got to put in the work, though, like, you got to, 
do everything you got to do, whether it's schoolwork, whether it's studying film, whether it's weightlifting, you know, whether it's, you know, just learning the scheme better, just because, you know, maybe you are at a slight disadvantage in different mm -hmm. actors, you know, it's just that keeping you going and saying, hey, you know, I can do this. And, you know, I'm here for a reason. Unless, you know, I wouldn't have gotten the opportunity in the beginning. Right. And um, I guess, was there any, like, did you have any big, like, role models or, like, mentors, either players or coaches that kind of helped your development? Because obviously you, you played O-line for a long time in high school. Yeah. Now you're making that transition to D-line. Like, like was, was there anyone that was in your ear, like, maybe fifth year senior, I was, like, picking you up, you know? You mean, like, in terms of high school or, like, in, yeah, in, like, in college? In college, yeah, at mom. Like, whether it's a coach, whether it's a, an older guy that you played with, maybe someone that was helped mentoring you and, like, kind of being that role model that you looked up to in a sense. Absolutely. I think D. Smith and, like, Darnell and those guys can attest to this as well. Um, you're older than Darnell, but he was still around these guys, you know, like Ian Simon was, I think, on the show recently. Yeah, he was. Um, Mike Upham, Chris Luma. You know, these are guys that, one, put in tremendous work. All right, mm -hmm. so you can easily follow that. You know, these are guys that would crush it in the weight room. These are guys who crush it on the field and just crush film. So, like, them kind of molding me and, you know, them, like, allowing me to, I guess, to hang out and stuff. Like, you know, it was really cool, and it was easy to follow into their footsteps because of, you know, the groundwork that they put forward. You know, they showed you the way to do it correctly the first right. time. And that was just kind of easy to follow. It's, and, and dude, it's nice when you have older guys that are like kind of setting that foundation for you. And, and dude, that was actually the, dude, that was the first time me and Ian I ever even met like really? in person, you know, cause like I've, I've only heard good things about him as a, as a player and also as a, as a person too, yeah. um, like through Hakeem and just through other guys that have like played with him. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think kind of hearing his story too, I can kind of see how he was that person. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. He's area to back home. He's from like a similar area to me. So. All right, sweet, sweet. Um, but Kat, how, what, uh, this is kind of a deeper question for you. Um, I guess like, what, what do you think like was like a, a big failure that you, that you were able to learn from throughout your time at, at Monmouth? It was absolutely that play I talked about. Um, okay. I guess. Yeah. So kind of elaborate on that more. Like, yeah. yeah. So we were, we had the scheme, obviously we were playing Albany. It was, you know, obviously a huge game. I, I believe we were, um, might've been undefeated in league play going up to this. So this mm -hmm. might've been, you know, the determining factor, if you will, for, you know, that championship. And, uh, you know, the scheme we were running, you know, as a defensive lineman, we were two-gapping. And, you know, as a player that's not that experienced, it is a hard thing to do, obviously. And, you know, he did – he ran through – the running back got the handoff, ran through my gap, and then he broke a few other tackles, and then he went in to score. And, uh, you know, that was an early play early on uh, in the game. So it was a definitely huge blow, if you will. And um, – Coach was a little upset, and I was upset at myself, you know. And there were some other ramifications that came after that of me, like, losing my cool in the locker room a few times, like, with, you know, different coaches. I don't know if you're around for that. but um, I don't think I was. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it was just something that was definitely weighed on me. Like, you know, I can vividly think of that play and exactly what happened. But it was ultimately something that I learned from, and I – I don't know. I might change it back now because it sucked, but you know, it was something that molded me. It was something that helped me grow more as, you know, a person as well as an athlete. Right. And, and like, obviously like psychologically too, right? Like you're young, you're, you're a sophomore. So now you're like, damn, I tasted the field. I just jacked up and like coaches were trusting me. And like, I guess like mentally, can you like talk a little bit more like where you were at at that point? Like, were you kind of checked out or was it like, 
was there kind of a, a sliver of, of, of hope still? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there was hope still there. Like, I didn't lose faith at all. Like, whenever we were on defense moving forward, I was right behind Coach Jackson, ready to go in. Like, I right. was, whether my time was going to come or not again for the season, I would be ready. All right, I wasn't going to make that mistake again. Um, or even if it wasn't, a, like, an on-purpose mistake, if you will, you know, I wasn't going to let something – slip between my fingertips and I was going to be ready regardless even if I didn't get to go in like I was going to be ready you know yeah it's good I mean that and and dude I think for a lot of young listeners like that's like a great mentality because I mean dude just like in business and life like you're going to mess up yeah I think like the way that you respond right and like with the attitude that you're going to come approach it with because I think that's going to be the biggest difference maker for someone that's going to see the success that they want in in whatever aspect could be football it could be basketball could be your business or or whatever you're trying to chase in life um but I think like because hearing Kat's story it's like I think that's really like the message out of it, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. It's really, it's how you respond because, you know, I could have turned my back and said, you know, forget this, this, you know, it wasn't my fault, basically. Uh, you know, they broke other tackles, you know, whatever. Like I right. could have an excuse, but, you know, I didn't elaborate on it much. I kind of kept certain things in and, you know, I kind of just put my head down and went, went back to work, you know? 100%. And when um, the opportunity was ready. You know, I was able to, to take it, you know. Right. And I think, yeah, I mean, dude, you got to learn from that and, and move on. And um, I think that's it's, it's definitely like what happened in, in almost in your career in that sense. Um, but, Kat, like, what is, uh, like, do you have, like, what are, what are, like, outside stuff of just, like, you know, obviously football is done now. Like, you're in this sales job. Like, what else, like, like, what are any other side projects, side hustles, like, passion projects that you have personally? I, know, I was kind of thinking about that and, you know, that question. But to be honest with you, not really too much, you know. Okay. I kind of. Um, you know, I love being in sales now because of the people that have brought into my life. You know, it's people that are similar to me, like people that will work hard, you know, people that have pretty like, you know, good personalities. So like, you know, going out after work here and there and just yeah. you know, kind of hanging out or, you know, still maintaining like going out to the gym and everything like right from work, you know, it's definitely different, but you know, not, not too many side hustles really. Okay. Honest. So I guess, I mean, and, and talk about your routine. Because like, I, I know, like, dude, salespeople, like, like, because they are former athletes a lot. Like, they have very routine-like, right? So I guess talk about, like, what keeps you, like, I guess, sharp mentally, physically, emotionally. Yeah. Like, I guess, like, the stuff that you do outside of just the work, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So um, obviously a little bit different since we're in quarantine now. But if it yeah. was, like, you know, a few months ago, I, my regular work day is 9 to 6. And, you know, I'd bring my bag just so I can go directly from the subway to the gym. And, you know, I wasn't going to, you know, miss out on my, you know, small window, if you will. Because mm-hmm. kind of getting off at six is a little bit later. But it is, it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do, right? Um, now I've been, like, trying to stay active. Like, you know, I'm stuck in the house, basically, throughout the day. But I do get an hour off at lunch. So I'll either go out for a run or, you know, just to get out, get some fresh air, what have you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just trying to uh, stay the course, I guess. <laughs> you know, it's nice, to be honest with you, to just have my job still. And, you know, a lot of people aren't as fortunate yeah. to have, you know, that company that will back their people right now or the at least the opportunity to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm just thankful in that regard also. Without a doubt, man. It's, I do, I'm sure, like, especially being in New York, man, I know apartments, like, they're not – you don't have as much room and space. But, like like you said, I think being – you're looking at it in, in a positive view and, like, all the positive that you have, still having a job and able to kind of still kind of work through your routine. But I'm yeah. sure, yeah, dude, home workouts, dude, can't, like, yeah. you get the job done, but it's just, it's not the same when you're like yeah. trying to lift weights. It's, like, it's different. 
I know. I used to – I love the lift. Like, you know, I play D-line and everything. You know, I'm not the biggest cardio guy or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, changing it up to do a lot more cardio – more cardio than I've ever done in my life. But, yeah. You know, I, I definitely miss the weights. But, you know, you got to you gotta adapt. You got to do what you got to do. 100%. Like you said, you said it, like, in the first five minutes, we're bringing it back up. You got to adapt, man. That's all it yeah, is. Absolutely. Um, but, hey, I want you to talk a little about New York, man. Like, what, what's like – obviously, pre-quarantine, like – um, what was it like kind of being in the city? Because, I mean, obviously, I actually was born in Jersey, and my dad lives in Queens. So I'm, like, very familiar with the city. But I guess, like, what was your takes? Like, how, how do you like it? And, and obviously not the current state, but, like, before. Yeah, awesome. So I love it. It was definitely completely different than how I grew up. You know, I yeah. lived in the suburbs. You know, I would drive to school or, you know, whatever, drive to work. You know, now I would get up, walk two, three blocks, hop on the subway down to Penn Station. And then, you know, walk right up to my office. It was awesome. Um, and, you know, just the, like, availability of basically anything in New York City. It's awesome. You know, restaurants, bars, going to, you know, museums. You know, yeah. really anything you want to do, you can do. Either you hop in a cab or hop in something <laughs> when you're there. It's, it's crazy. It is. And like, the, the energy there, too, man, it's like, it's, an unre it's different. It's unlike many other cities. Yeah, they um, they say it's a city that never sleeps, and it's 100% a fact. Yeah. I, mean, I haven't been to too many other cities to necessarily compare it to, but before all this stuff, you could walk out of your apartment on, you know, like a weekday, Tuesday night at midnight, and there's still people walking around. Like, it's no big deal. It's just regular. It's, you know, it is crazy. I, I lived in Vegas where it's like a lot of stuff's 24-7. Yeah. I think New York's the only place that is very similar in that sense where – Dude, people are just out and about, man. It's, it's, yeah. It is dope, though. It's dope. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I loved it, too. Always something to do whenever you want. That's so real, bro. That's so real. All right, okay. So we're going to transition now into the hot takes, all right? So this is where I kind of throw a couple quick questions at you, and you kind of fire away with whatever comes top of mind, all right? All right. Here we, all go. Right, here we go. So what's your favorite book? Uh, maybe Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Okay. Any, anyone in specific? I like that, though. Nah, I mean, to be honest, I'm not the biggest reader. Okay. Right? But, you know, to get into some of those is pretty awesome. I, I liked uh, the, the Goblet of Fire. That was okay. a big one, though. But. No, I mean, dude I, dude, I literally, I've heard nothing but good things about the Harry Potter, like the Lord of the Rings series. I think, yeah. um, like, those, like, not, like, because obviously, like, if you read too much, like, self-help, personal finance, it does, like, it kind of, it gets a lot, you know? Sometimes it's nice to get in that fictional world. Exactly. And, I mean, I love that kind of stuff, too, like, watching it and everything everything as well yeah so i want to read the books and everything it's crazy just as good yeah i'm sure i'm sure all right how about this one a favorite cheat meal or like favorite like fast food spot that you're like yo if i had to go i'm going right now type of thing uh this has changed for me over the years can't lie okay. I, i'd have to say pizza pizza i love pizza especially new york new jersey back near school you know gianni's oh my god <laughs> Do you have like a favorite dollar slice spot that you go to around there, like where, where you live or anything like that? You know, we try to change it up, to be honest. There's so many places. There's so I know. Pizza places. So, you know, whether I'm near work or, you know, around here or near my apartment, you know, just nice to change it up, kind of, you know, do the pizza reviews. If you it's want. honestly, exactly. Yeah, you got to get the bars. <laughs> Look, <laughs> one bite. Everyone knows the rules, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, all right. Last one here is your favorite athlete of all time. And it could be any sport. Easily. LeBron James. Easily. Okay, damn. I like it. I like it. Have you been watching the Jordan documentary? 
I actually haven't because you know this New York City lifestyle. We don't have all those channels up here. Oh, damn! Yeah, so I've been messing out on ESPN, but I figured. Um, I think you can watch it through the app, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, you should yeah, be able to. I figured once it's all done, I'll, I'll give it a watch. I mean, not even like the goat like comparison, just like how LeBron, you know, holds himself, you know, what he's done for the community. And, you know, he's just, like, he's just a beast, to be honest. Like, I, I'm with you, dude. I think uh, – and it, it'll be interesting, Cat. Uh, like, when you watch the Jordan documentary, like, you'll kind of see parts of that because they touch on that as well, of, like, kind of, like, Jordan's, like – not his like, – he, he made impact in, in, in the community, but not as much. And he wasn't out, as, as outspoken is a better word. Yeah, I actually heard that as well. I mean, it's also – it's not a different time and age, but, you know, it almost is a little bit. You know, LeBron has the platform, and he also uses it. 100%. Whether that's, you know, just speaking publicly or if it's just like on Instagram, you know. Without this, it's, it's a little bit, it's a little different. So I will give LeBron that favor. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think once you watch it to it, you, you'll see. You'll see what I'm talking yeah. about. It's, 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 you're going to enjoy it though. I mean, you have, the, you have the privilege of just binge watching all 10. Yeah, that's why I figured it can't hurt, you know. <laughs> exactly. All right, so Andrew, this, this last, uh, one of the last parts is basically people, the best way for someone to reach out, right? I mean, obviously if you're a long, young listener and you're from uh, the Midtown area for, for work, for career-wise, or if you just want to reach out to uh, to Cat regarding football, regarding being a preferred walk-on, um, I guess best way for someone to reach out to you. I mean, you guys could, you know, I have Instagram or Twitter. I, I don't know what you guys all have. Or, you know, even if my email, like, you know, anyway, I can help. Like, whether it's just kind of, you know, BSing or, you you know, you have a specific question about, you know, my journey or what I'm doing now or, you know, even just like an opportunity for a job or, you know, anything. Like, 100%. anyone I can help, you know, let me know or you can take down on my email uh, from Matt here. Whatever's easiest. You know, I'm available yeah. on all platforms. So I'll put down the email. What's the, uh, the in, and what's the Instagram handle real quick? Uh, Agers91. Agers91. Sweet. And I'll put that in the show notes, Kat. I'll put your email there as well. So definitely, guys, reach out to Kat. He's a great resource. Um, great. Could be a potential mentor, role model, um, someone that you guys can uh, definitely reach out to. And, and Kat, this is the last part of the podcast. Um, sure. and it's what I call the final take. And basically, I leave it up to my guests to kind of close us off here as we finish the podcast. And you can, whether it's a question, piece of motivation, something encouraging, or maybe just something that's been on your mind ever since we've all kind of been in quarantine, um, you can kind of just take the floor here. I mean, it's something that we kind of, uh, you know, touch base on a lot here today. I mean, whether it's quarantine, whether it's your job, whether it's football or even another sport, you know, you need a few things to be successful. You know, it's hard work. It's being coachable. It's being, re you know, resilient. And, you know, it's being positive, too. I mean, if you're always down in the dumps or, you know, seeing something glass half full, you know, the likelihood of it coming out or coming into fruition that way is higher, at least in my opinion. So, I mean, if you go with your best foot forward and, you know, you're positive and you work hard, you know, has nothing but great things to come by or to come afterwards. 100%, man. I think that's a great message for a lot of kids to resonate with. And whether you're an athlete or regular, uh, you know, civilian or whoever it might be, like, I think you can apply that regardless of if you're playing a sport or you're trying to apply that to life. Um, but, dude, Kat, I appreciate you taking the time, man. It was your first time being on a podcast. I appreciate yeah. you being a guest, man, for sure. I appreciate you having me, man. Short notice, too. You got Dude. back to me, so it was awesome. Without a doubt, without a doubt. We'll have to maybe bring you on again. But this is episode 28 of the Athletes Marathon Podcast. My name is Matt Choi, and we are signing off. Thank you for listening to the Athletes Marathon Podcast. We want to make sure you stay connected with our guests, so we'll have access to the show notes and our latest episodes on our website. 
head over to www.theathletesmarathon.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, we would love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Until next week, thanks again for listening.